0: Yeah, no, that's easily easily another. Yeah, Shane sure cast is, is the Serena. Why do people hate Serena Williams? Featuring Megan Garland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shane Cast, episode number fifteen. Today we will be talking about why people hate Novak Djokovic. Mm. Do people a hate Novak? Jo- word. Yeah, I know. Like, but this the actually head. is not. There's two different listener questions that have come in. I'll read them both really quickly. They're short. Number one, Djokovic is one of the all-time greats, but he doesn't have the same popularity as, say, Federer, Nadal, or Serena. I think that's kind of subjective. We can talk about that, popularity. (laughs) Why is that? Why do people root for him to lose? And Which has been a theme for him recently. And then number two, a different listener – why does everyone hate Djokovic? Why does everyone love Nadal or Federer? Except, of course, obnoxious trolls. <laughs> Which <laughs> I think is <laughs> hilarious. That this person's like, well, if you don't like Federer or Nadal, then obviously you're just a troll. Like, there's nothing legitimate you could possibly dislike about those two. You're but not a Novak, real tennis fan. <laughs> Novak, on the other hand. So yeah, what do you guys think? We're going to talk about kind of personalities here, and maybe tie in a little bit to amateur athletes, but. More so, I think just just touch on kind of popularity of different tennis players, and I think for me, I'll I'll kick it off. The there was an early two early things in in Novak's career. There was the whole allergy health thing, which I'm not at all saying was was not legitimate, but he went through a phase where he was constantly withdrawing, constantly complaining on the court and off the court about random whether it was like congestion or just being tired or not having energy it seemed like sometimes he would maybe kind of tank or give up and it felt like a little bit of kind of a loser's limp kind of situation not at all like saying that's what it was or like judging him but from a fan's perspective i think those early experiences left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and then um I guess I have three things. I'll, I'll try to go through. It, but I don't want to take everything. There was the whole like incident with his dad, his family early on, where he had the whole box full of people being super obnoxious. But his dad in particular had the. You guys remember the shirt that he'd wear with like the wolf and like the moon and like mm-hmm. Novak. And there was just this whole uh, aura of like just cockiness and almost like bad, poor taste and kind of a little disrespectful towards the game. You and you guys know how I feel about. Res- yeah, we <laughs> I, I, I love how you're setting this up, respecting the game and and respecting traditions and and that sort of thing. So I think that rubbed a lot of, a lot of people the wrong way. And then thirdly, quickly, he's always had a little bit of an edge about him. Not so much recently. I, the last couple of years, I'm sure we'll talk about this. He, he's, I think, become much more self aware. And he's made a lot of adjustments, which I think is tremendous. And I respect him a lot for for being willing to take a look at himself and adjust his communication about other players. There was an early incident that he had after beating Andy Roddick at the U.S. Open in a night session where I guess Roddick had called him out about um, constantly being injured. And then uh, Novak was talking smack after beating him in Arthur Ashe in a U.S. Open night uh, session, and the crowd just like gave it to him. It was it was like it was kind of incredible. Uh, after beating him, he was talking smack about how Erotic was calling him out about always being injured. Um, so anyway, th- those three things are just to me are kind of examples, like uh, micro examples of kind of the macro. Why I I think a lot of the tennis fans have this perception of novak of either being cocky or um maybe not as tough as the other two which is ridiculous especially you know the last five years or so but i think that's why some people kind of love to hate him and especially since he's the main rival against both uh roger and rafa it's just kind of you know sometimes it's kind of just fun to hate the the team or the The person that yeah in in particular yeah because he has that that kind of edginess about him or that little bit of um yeah yeah yeah. i think some people really enjoy kind of having him be the the scapegoat bad guy thoughts
1: um i'll go next (laughs)
0: kevin's always looking i
1: know Um, I think a lot of it, I agree with you that a lot of those points definitely point to like making him the bad guy or, you know, like the bad boy of tennis. I also think there's always hat like in in the idea of tennis, there's always someone in the top five. Like when you have those big rivals where you have the bad boy of tennis and you have like the goody two shoes of tennis and you know, they have their separate followers. You had Agassi and Sampras. You had, you know what I mean? Like there's now, I do think that Djokovic kind of, in the beginning when he did that whole thing that went super viral and he just played off of it where he was making fun of all of the other top yeah, players. A, yeah, um, did you feel like
0: that was disrespectful the way he was doing I it? I thought
1: it was hilarious, but um, I also could see the side where people think, oh, well, tennis and tradition and you know, it's it you shouldn't be making fun of other people and you know. So, I could see how that also, just topped on, uh yeah. You know, and Wired so with the
0: other ones, I get it. On its own, I'm totally fine with the impersonations. I, I think they were in good fun, but not. Every, I can see how some people might take it the other right.
1: way. Right, and I think some of the players did not take it as well. I'm
2: um, sure that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. I'm, I'm working on it.
1: But I think that that... I'm not saying it's good or bad. Like, I, I actually thought it was hilarious. And I am a huge fan of Novak. So, I... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, the bad boy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also like him because he kind of is the underdog... And,
2: okay,
1: the bad boy. and so you, you hear that can, little can I giddy I laugh there. Freaking Sorry, talk.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Not so much recently though. He's not so much of an underdog now, but well, up I still until think recently. he is between,
1: yeah. if you compare Federer, Nadal and Djokovic and said like, okay, everybody's at their top of their game, playing each other, who's going to win. I think the majority of tennis people out there would vote Nadal or, Federer over Novak. That's just my opinion. We could take a poll. We should take a poll. Actually,
0: I think if it was left up to fans, I, I think you're right. Um, whether or not on the court, it would right, be right. Whether yeah, or not I it's true the, or not is not thing. what I'm saying. I'm but saying like what people fans, think. I, yeah, I think the um, true.
1: Um Yeah, no. I, I mean, if you listen to our podcast, remember about the best player ever, and I said no. I thought Novak would end up taking the lead. So I obviously am a Novak fan. Yeah. but
0: you <laughs> should, um, should say 25. I think. Or twenty four. Yeah, or something I think it's
1: like. a twenty. Yeah, I can't remember somewhere around there. 47. Which could be stretching it. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but you know, I have faith. Hey. That's um. So the show's all about. Right, but I do <laughs> think that that just kind of it was like a whole bunch of things within like a year or two's time frame that were just giving him that like bad persona. Um. And. In the traditional, like, true Wimbledon, like, tradition, we're all white. You know what I mean? He was just the outlier of that. And so I think anyone that's kind of the outlier gets, you know, that...
0: In a traditional game like tennis, for for sure.
1: And I, I still think... The majority, meaning even if it's like 50.5%, I still think the majority of tennis players like the tradition of tennis. Like there's some part of tennis that they like the tradition of. I agree with that. Or Wimbledon wouldn't be the way it is. Like you couldn't you couldn't I mean Wimbledon, you can't just go and buy a ticket even. Like yeah. obviously people love the tradition or they wouldn't thing. be playing yeah. yeah, wouldn't be paying millions of dollars to be able to go see a match in Wimbledon. Three hours. Yeah years if they from started now.
0: doing smoke and like strobe lights and like cheerleaders at Wimbledon yeah, the <laughs> awesome. Not, <it> would, <laughs> No, no, Kevin, like, would, Kevin would there's, love it. there's a subset of fans who'd be like yeah, yeah. but, but I'm just saying like, agree, even
1: yeah. if it's 50.5% yeah. like I think the majority still feel, even if it it's would pretty sad. close yeah. Yeah, I, would, the majority I, would I totally would agree with that on Wimbledon
2: I think I mean I think you, you <laughs> have Kevin this subset Kevin would be there. yeah I know <laughs> well just cause it's different <laughs> and just like it's you you have everybody in like the stands is like oh teasing crumpet and then oh look at the cheerleader good a good show. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's hard for Djokovic in a sense that, um, when you look at his peers and you they've set such a high bar as far as like Federer, um, and Adal and the way they've kind of conducted themselves, it's really tough. And he's put himself in the position because his early kind of adoption of the, the coming into the game was very kind of rocky and rough, like you're saying. And I think that's, he just, I think people forget about sometimes the early adoption of when people are trying to work their way through. Like if we go back to listening, uh, hearing about like Fed, Fed used to be snap rackets and go nuts. And, you know, you'd be like, Phew. I mean, I saw a picture. That's of Fed.
0: before he was winning majors though.
2: Before he was winning majors and also and before. when he was
1: like junior. Time,
2: time out, time out. Before he was winning majors and I think mostly before he had an opportunity to take a, a deep look at himself because of his coach dying. I think people forget about Federer was a different player before his coach died. And he talks about like how he took some time to go like this guy who was developing me. So like,
0: Peter, Peter. Uh, so I said, oh, yeah. Look
2: yeah. But he talked about like that, that incident in his life really made him take a, take a hard look at like who he was as a player. Peter Carter, Peter, Peter, Peter Carter. Yeah. Who he was as a player really made him re uh, examine like his dedication to tennis. And so, I think in different players, they have these moments, even like when Pete Sampras first came out and he talks about winning his first Grand Slam and then struggling and then um, just going through where I think he lost to like Stefan Edberg and he had to re-examine. And so I think Djokovic maybe had... An opportunity to re-examine, like you're talking about, Ian. But before that, he had this rocky start where he had his his father in the stands. He just wasn't hardened. He was like <laughs> sure. maybe giving up on matches. Sure was uh, you know, he was like, "Oh, I'm gluten free this month," and you know, and so. But I think now, after- that's what it
0: felt like. But I actually, I actually believe that he solved a lot of. I believe yeah, that there were underlying issues. No, no, that, I do. Uh, but he I think solved. Like- but from a fan's perspective, it would. If you're a
2: Federer fan oh, or a
0: Dolph yeah. fan, it'd be really easy. To be oh like, Come yeah, you're, on, the bro. you're the target. You're the target. so soft. Yeah. yeah,
2: totally. If you're if he's playing like Federer, who's always I mean the the age difference. He's already established. He's kind of put this like he's just Federer has really just lifted the the elegance of tennis, not only in in a cool way because it's not like a stuffy way. Just he's just like the dude you want to go out and have a beer with and go like hit some balls with. And you're like, just hang out with like, he's just a super cool dude. And Nadal's like, just like this workhorse beast that, you know, it's like, but we even, I th-
1: want to meet him in an alley.
2: I think Nadal would be actually, Nadal. Yeah. yeah. I think funny enough. No, uh, I Nad- feel like
0: the, if it's not like competition
2: time, he's like a
0: total yeah. pussycat. But
2: life. I bet he's like super competitive, but like fun competitive. Um, until and it gets real. Yeah. Until then, it gets yeah. real. But I think all of them secretly, or not secretly, our like press, press conferences. He's like quiet. Yeah. He's like, hey, oh, and so <laughs> was that Spanish? I have no idea. I am the doll, and uh, today I play Djokovic. Very, very good. very, very good. Very, very good. But I think, yeah. And then Djokovic, you you could tell he was just not as mature in the beginning. So he's coming out, and that's the thing. I'm sure the players. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking the players had this underlying, like, they know Djokovic. This guy's probably like the clown inside. I could see him pulling pranks inside the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. And so when the players probably saw him coming out making fun of people, was like, it's Djokovic. And I'm sure some players got like annoyed. It was like, dude, it's Djokovic. But on the outside, the image he presented to the crowds was like, oh, dude, this dude's like lame. It, we, we got, you're either on one side of the fence, Federer and Adal. And then who's this Djokovic guy who's like, like, <laughs> He's making fun of people, and so. But I think now he's more established. I'm, I think when he does interviews, when he he talks to people, he still I think has balanced out his fun and his kind of jokingness and his humor and his kind of uh, bravado about how he handles himself. But he's also more elegant now, and he's kind of been lifted with those guys. So I think. But I think the the tough part is diehard fans are diehard. It's like I'm a Federer fan. I'm a diehard Federer fan. I love Nadal. I, I truly respect him. I think he's a he's one of the greatest players of all time. But God, when it comes down to both of them, I want Federer to win. But I'm not disappointed if he loses to Nadal. And so I think when you have those fans like that, they fans create reasons to hate other people, other players that they don't like. It's just like. I don't dislike Nadal, but I love Federer. But it's like, I have to have a reason. It's like, ugh. But I mean, yeah, I don't really hate Djokovic. Like, if they're all three playing, I respect all three of them. And I think that if you're just, it's just, okay, we're in Wisconsin. I don't necessarily understand it. But if you're like a Green Bay fan, yeah, like already, (laughs) it's like, it's like you have a reason to like, just like.
0: If you didn't grow up here, it's hard to understand. True. It's, it's like, like baked in. It's know? baked in. Yeah. So I think
2: a lot of like the, the fan love of players, it's just baked in. And like you have these these rosy colored glasses. Yeah. You so grow like, up
0: looking up to a player and it's and like it's, you it's idolize. Done. Yeah, yeah it's it. done.
2: And you're like...
1: So a question, and I don't know the answer to this, is... I did have,
0: I have the, uh, by the way, the, the clip if we want to watch it. We can include the audio too in the, the podcast. If we want to watch this at any point. Okay.
1: Whatever. Well, first, I'd like to yeah. know like um, what... Year did Djokovic go pro compared to Federer and Nadal?
0: Yeah, I'll find out. Yeah, it'd be interesting.
1: Um, and the only reason I'm thinking is that when I think of the three of them, I always think of as the mature one, and Djokovic is like the youngest one. Actually, and he's not that much younger than Nadal, but I feel like he's been in, you know, like in the top less time. Than Federer and Nadal, and so he's like the young guy of the group in the sense of less maturity and less experience in that time frame. I,
2: I, I totally agree with that. We got that the but here's here. the thing: okay. I, Hold I also on. think I want to hear that. Federer numbers.
0: turned pro in '98. Mm-hmm. Nadal turned pro in 2001. Three years later, mm-hmm. Novak turned pro 2003. No, okay, still, so he is. Five years after the, Rod. He yeah, is okay. five years behind. So me.
1: I just kind of think that that kind of plays a role as well. Like, if you're an established Federer fan, you were a Federer fan before <laughs> Nadal was even in the scene and before Novak Pot- was even. Right. There's but, a
0: whole lot of bandwagon <laughs> right,
1: right, right. fans that came But out I mean, it. like, you know, as the diehard fans, like, like Kevin's sure. talking yeah. about. And so a lot of times the last person <laughs> to break in is like three's a crowd kind of thing, too.
0: Oh, four. You See that.
1: You yeah. know? Um, and so it's like, uh, what did you say?
2: Was that a big four joke? N- no, no, it oh. wasn't. But I was gonna throw in, <laughs> I was gonna throw in the other name, but Murray. Like, I can't stand Murray. I don't know what what is about it, but I have no room in my mind <laughs> to like like Murray. I just think like, yeah, and so my thing is just it, it crushes me. So that's my rosy colored glasses. I love Fed. I respect Nadal. Djokovic is like he's the he's the the third guy. He's just a little younger. And I think the other thing is I think people don't understand how much pressure these guys, uh, women included, are feeling out there playing in front of huge crowds and. I think early on, you see, it, like Serena, you saw like Richard doing some crazy stuff early in Serena's career where he was just pumping it up. And
1: But that, I think that's why a lot of people don't like me included, sorry, don't sure, like no, Serena. But exa- I respect exa- her, exa- but I don't like kind her. kind
2: of a similar, exactly. similar dynamic. It's yeah. similar, and that's what I'm saying. It's a similar parallel to like, I think there's, there's all the hype and like yeah, yeah, and so just like Djokovic, but then later on, they kind of have this uh, kind of deal where they have to kind of manage that, and kind of you see that kind of fall off because long term, it just doesn't, it just doesn't well, work and because Serena's there's too
1: much. Like one of the best women tennis oh, yeah. players that has ever lived, for sure. I but mean, you at don't least see in the our era.
2: Players, yeah, you don't see the but crowd,
1: per, like personal, like. Person, wise oh, Here we go. The rosy colored glasses. I, I just don't like Serena, period.
2: Right, another, so, we can yeah. talk about it. But I'm the saying. But there's, there's the rosy colored glasses. And I think <laughs> <laughs> the reason I brought up Serena uh, in that sense, there's a parallel between the starts of their career. But you also see there is a maturity, uh, kind of like this, this, this time frame where they start maturing more. Like Serena in a press conference, granted, she's had some issues up and down, but she's had a, more than a couple issues. Um, but she still, like, press time, I agree. it's a total different... Oh, I like,
0: totally disagree. She, under- no, there's, she there's a She the, understands the weight in, in which, like, what she does and how she does it and how she says it.
1: I think she's a smart ass when it comes to press conferences we, a lot we, of times.
0: Yeah. But, but I think I when, it saying, like, Djokovic, when it comes to Djokovic, when it comes to Djokovic, she's now. been handling herself uh, related to her career in general. There's... She's trying Yeah Whether or not The underlying <laughs> attitude Is like I, I I know I hear where you're coming from like, You feel it I, I you totally feel it There's some it. heat
2: There's some heat But you can but tell I'm just On the saying, surface like the, She's making an effort The yeah.
1: question that they asked Was comparing Serena In there And I, yeah. I that's what I mean Like if you throw You think throw, Serena's
2: making an effort?
1: No uh, Well I, I, I don't know <laughs> I think Serena oh, Is right. very intentional Just to herself Whatever works for her And nothing else But mm. I think that When you compare Like the difference I think is that Serena Arena doesn't have the Federer and Nadals, and so because she is like the top of the women's game, you you whether you like her or not, you respect her as a tennis player because she is just like above and beyond everyone else. Where if Novak and her just as comparison, which I don't think is in the same boat, but um, but if they like they've had some of the other. Antics, You know what I mean? Off the court and done a lot of things. And Serena has just as many people or reasons for people to hate her, as that, that question said, as Novak does. But there's not any competition there. So I think there is a difference. Wow.
0: That's is actually a really good point.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's not like, the
0: head to head. Like no, oh, yeah. right. you're playing against my guys, so I'm going to hate you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like, like a, if point. you root against Serena, polarizing.
1: right? You're. I mean, you can root against her, but she's probably still going to win. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Like
2: I disagree. I just think that's it,
1: the difference there.
2: I disagree in the sense that you have to go back to time frame. I think Serena's been completely dominant, but. If you go back to her earlier career, when there was Martina Hingis, there was Davenport, there was Capriati, well. there was yeah, yeah Venus but she was, was playing she, well, like twenty, yeah. still. But I mean, if you go back to those times, people had other people to root for. Now the war is still dominant. Like you had Graf, you had all these up. She was up and comer, even in that phase. There was other players that people could have rooted for. It might be a little yeah, but bit... Djokovic
1: think, isn't an up-and-comer.
2: But here's the thing. I think... It it's might be, saying that it got established. It got uh, established. But I think there might be also some difference because a lot of those players, honestly, were American. So it's like you're within the same country. I think the beauty of kind of where we are today is it's super multi uh, uh, cultural, multi-nation... nation. I don't know the word National. for it. National. Um, in the sense <laughs> that you have people from from all over the world that are competing at this stage and it's not just dominated by what it used to be like oh Pete Sampras uh Agassi Courier Chang, yeah. Chang and then you had some other kind of Europeans and Australians to kind of bounce in there where we kind of just dominated so it's like you picked your player but you uh, the underlining was like they're American now it's like this interesting mix of like we're rooting for people that aren't American I like Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But we're rooting for people that aren't (laughs) Americans that are like your favorite players.
1: Well, okay, so who is who's the competition like when you get to where it's like okay they're all in the top five they're all competing at multiple other than her and her sister who was the no i think now it's just
2: there is no she's she's playing on a, on a whole nother but I mean, scale
1: even for the last five years yeah but
2: oh, i'm just yeah, saying yeah five yeah, years, but years, five years you know autopilot, but yeah, yeah it's just Since, autopilot for her. okay
1: so and she when did she turn pro <clears throat> oh
2: dude that's like when she was like four
1: Um, but I think that's what I mean like why I just think it it shows to a reason because they put Serena
0: yeah Yeah, 95 Yeah. yeah
1: So they put Serena in that mix and I think it goes to show like, okay, number one, she's been around forever and like Federer, you know, and so you have those core fans that, I mean, they actually do like her. There's a lot of people who do like her. Oh, yeah. Um, Like I said, she's,
0: I think, the most polarizing tennis player. Well,
1: and I mean, she's, she's, yeah, she's broken like a ton of like, you know, all time. Like, yeah. It's hard
2: to hate her when she just keeps winning. Like right. it's hard to you like, can res- yeah, well, you can respect I, I can her. I yeah, definitely true, not sorry. like her. I you can, can
1: re- respect her yeah. though. I respect her 100% when it comes to her game of tennis. I just don't like her antics or anything else that has to do with off the court or even on the court most of the time um, in tennis wise. But I just think that that plays a huge role in why she's not disliked like, Djokovic.
2: I don't. I disagree, but I think the conversation is about Djokovic because I think there's some people that really dislike Serena. Um, I think the the difference is it's just hard to like. She's just so dominating that even if you don't like her, you're like, gosh, she just beat my player. So it's, there's no kind of like if your team sucks and the other team just keeps beating you, it's like you can't. You, you hate him, but it's like ugh, we keep losing to him. Whereas like Djokovic. I think what can also fuel this kind of dislike for him, he can potentially sneak out the whole deal. He will. Potentially. I'm not rooting for it, <laughs> but he could potentially, like if he has won a, a good year and... And you know he wants nothing more than that, obviously. Oh, and he can just, he can kind of, he's in his. I feel like he's in a tricky zone where he needs to have a really good year now because there's going to be some upcomers that are going to start really taking the throne. So he has this little gap where Fetter is kind of... I'm not even going to say he's at the end, but he's... Fetter's in midstream. He's... The guy is just he's a resurgence midstream. team. <laughs> Calm down. Um, and then you got Nadal who's playing phenomenal right now. And so if he can have a really good year, and I mean, he has got a... I think he's got a winning record of both of them. I do like
1: about novak though that and i think one of the reasons that people on both sides either love or hate this about him is that he brought some it's kind of like the curious not as extreme but he brought some other fans um like with the whole making fun of other people that brought some people into watching tennis that didn't really watched tennis before and some people who are super fetter like all the way they don't really like those types of people being tennis fans and so that's just another reason to add on top of you know
0: something else that i was surprised you you didn't go into but you kind of set the stage for it was during that early period where it was like third wheel kind of status for novak And he was giving a he's once he started be once he started giving a reason to all the diehard Federer and Rafa fans to really dislike him, and they kind of took the bait. I feel like Novak, there's a part of Novak that doesn't like being the guy that everybody loves to hate, and he has a big chip on his shoulder because of it. And you see this in matches where people. Uh, cheer dramatically louder like for Roger or for Rafa. And there's part of him that loves it and like soaks it in. It's like, yes, give me more energy. I'm growing stronger. Yeah. Like the more you boo me, like the stronger I become. But I think there's another side of him that more than anything wants to prove everybody wrong and just be like, I am the best of all time, and by kind of showing a little bit of that um, other the first part of it where he kind of like basks in the negativity, and uh, I think that further galvanizes the Rafa and the mm. the Roger fans, where it's like, oh, if this guy is gonna like um, take on that role of like being the oh, bad guy, yeah, him. yeah, exactly. He kind of feeds wow. into uh, that role a little bit, which I think is part of the reason why there's some people that really vehemently dislike him. In the uh, press
1: conferences overall, and I don't know this answer, is, um, was, is he, I guess I haven't watched a lot of his press conferences. I mean, I remember the one against Roddick, but was there a lot of other ones (laughs) where he like, because
0: not that come to mind right away. Like that's I think these I'm days, saying, like, like he walks the the yeah, straight and narrow, right. like because like Serena doesn't. From, I'm sorry,
1: she does not. In yeah, press conferences, she says respectful. things like that are so disrespectful to her opponents. Yeah. Everybody so always disres- has the
0: best day against me, right? Like, kind of and
1: nobody, yeah. like she never. It's never her fault. Yeah, it's never yeah. anything. And so I
0: don't see. Uh, Novak doing that
1: and so that's what I mean like I think there's I think Serena would be (laughs) actually (laughs) hated more if there was like if she was a third wheel
0: oh no question for sure if there was two other people a little bit in front of her uh, no
2: question and
1: that's what I mean like I think that's one of the reasons like when they put Serena in that question I think that's that is literally the sole reason why people don't hate Serena as more than they do sorry (laughs) Um, I don't know. You,
2: you got because
0: some fire over there's here.
1: no I think it's pretty
0: balanced out though. There's a lot of hardcore yeah, Serena I agree. fans. Uh, I, I think it's pretty my sense on the internet is that it's pretty even between the two. Yeah,
2: I think Serena's super polarized. But there's a lot it, of people that really yeah, dislike her like, it's, it's, it's like stronger. either it's like either you like Serena or you don't like Serena. And there's yeah. no kind of like, oh, you know, she's I respect right. Serena yes. but she's such a Beck great is player. Kind of that but that way she's too. just not my flavor. Uh, I don't. I don't get the don't feeling from the Novak degree, now. Right, I think yeah, yeah. Novak now is really. He think, has worked hard at He's it. worked hard and he's elevated to that three that like... Y- y- and I think the other side of it, you see a lot of like the interviews where they joke around. The players is like the boys. It's like Djokovic, Nadal, and, if, uh, and Federer. And they all ha- have chummy, chummy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you don't, you really don't see that see, with Serena. You don't see like... Yeah, you don't see Serena and Sherpove sure, yeah. like, hey. It's more like, hey, bitch. <laughs> I'm babe, gonna get you. I'm gonna...
1: <laughs> but you know what? You didn't see that, that in, the ba- in the back uh, like... Ten uh, years ago, you didn't see Agassiz and Sampras and it, them doing that. They hated each other, and they talked about how they didn't like different. each other. Yeah, it's just. And different. so this is the first era that I know of that where you have like three guys who actually get to get like they actually like joke around and they Might do be. viral videos. And maybe it's just the times are changing, but. I think it's the first time. I mean, I don't remember. Like, McEnroe and those guys didn't do and that. Bergen, you know, man, they, dude. like, hate each other, too. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel like it's a very unique situation compared to what's I think part happened of in the, the past.
0: Reason, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think part of the reason why that may be the case, I don't know tennis history well enough to say definitively, but it is the fact that I think... Roger and Rafa and Novak and Serena, I think they all understand that they're a part of something really unprecedented and special in the story arc of tennis, like as a whole, like big picture, like they're all achieving things that are not even close to anything that anybody's ever achieved before. And so I think there's a certain, um, mutual like respect and camaraderie. I, I, this is my theory that kind of comes with them realizing where they are Mm -hmm. at the pinnacle of like the best
2: strongest era of all time. I almost want to say, to that's some th- extent, my theory. Back ex- in the day, I want to say, she- to some extent, it could be a little cultural, Um as far as like, Americans, Europeans, and different countries. Mm-hmm. When you play, just my experience, of playing in Europe, they're, Can I respond to that real yeah.
0: quick? I, know, I said, I "No, you're going. Mm-hmm. I think, Labor, what do Labor have 11, or 12 or something? No. Yeah. I feel like, Borg, and like back, they're fighting for like, who has more than five or six or seven. Here we've got these players that are doubling like the slam, you know, count from sure previous point. generations. And so I think it's a different, like McEnroe and Borg weren't going neck and neck, like trying to be... All the time, uh, yeah. yeah. it was an
2: all-time, like best ever, like status. But I yeah. feel like there's a cultural element to it in the sense that back then, it was almost like, um, it's like you're, you, especially like Davis Cup, or it, like it felt like, More of it was like a Davis Cup type situation where it's like my country, my guy, you know. And I think now, um, just with everything being so much more, I don't know, not international, but the connections and these guys are like, if you see all these pictures, these guys have played against each other since they were like kids, it's like, like, I think a lot of times, you know, unless you're, you're American, you play some Grand Slams other places and you might play a couple. Just the feel in America is like, okay. Um, then growing up, it's like, like you hear Courier talk about Bolateri and Agassiz, and there's some, um, some extreme bitterness of like when Bolateri had, uh, all these guys training together and it was just like dog eat dog. Like Courier came in and he was like, I hated everything about it because Agassiz basically, like Bolletari only focused on Agassiz It was like basically. Yep,
1: Pova gives the same account yeah. though. But you see that kind of era. that
2: training in like like situation where I think a lot of like now at least the Europeans because Europe's so close. They I mean like Monfils you see pictures of like Monfils playing like uh, Djokovic when they're younger and these guys are like hang like just growing up playing together. And so I don't I think that that camaraderie as as you get adults it's like oh yeah dude we've been doing this for like ever. I don't and so know I think I there might be that. a little bit more of a feel of th- in this era cuz you I just don't get that feel from the, like American players. You get it more now, but even with our American players right now, when do you see like like our American players kind of like Shooting the breeze at the nest. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, (laughs) sock. No, you see Curios at the nest. No, but
2: like, sock uh, and all of they all get
1: together and they all do stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different era. It's a different level
2: of funness. I think the, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that I. I
1: just, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think that it's a a cultural thing. I think tennis in in general is changing in that respect. Um, I think that. There's a lot of people, I think, I think, or I hope maybe that the high level players, including like Tiafo and those guys, are starting to realize they have more on their backs other than just them like they're representing their country they're representing like tennis and when they go out there and yes i i have tiafo and i have had issues in the past um (laughs) but as a junior but um but like and so they kind of they have to grow up and so they they are doing it together and i think that um
2: but I think that cultural change, and we've had some insight to that. That cultural change comes from coaches wanting, like the American players, to start training together to be more of a family. Like you, like we give but it sock some preference. Sock
1: and Tiafoe didn't train sock, together.
2: Not sock, but you see, like guys like Tiafo, like uh, what was it? Like a lot of the up and coming Americans, Donald all young, trained, didn't train with them. He was an outsider. He was total outsider. He didn't want to be a part of it. That was the whole issue with uh, Donald Young. I Mom have... wanted to be separate. But as like uh, Jose Higueras, who was kind of really uh, ramping that up and getting more of the Americans to start training like together, meeting in places and training together, because that's what they used to do in Europe, they used to do in South, South America. Like if you see a crew of like Argentinians, they're like die hard. Like we do everything together. We travel together. And I think that atmosphere started to bleed over now, but I think we're seeing where that could have been happening a lot on a bigger stage. And we start to see it, I think in some of the American players now, but I still think you have these outsiders. Like I think with Jack sock, I think a lot of the Americans wanted him to be a part of it, but we all know there's the wolf. If you don't know that story, but there's the wolf and there was some issues around the wolf and Jack Stock being a part of kind of like the American crew. And there was some separation. And I think that's just, you know, because I think a lot of coaches sometimes just want their recognition. And so it kind of puts some players in an isolated kind of environment. So I don't know. I think there there is some, but I, I totally agree with now, like what you're saying. Looking, Yeah, there is a better camaraderie.
1: Um, I, I just hope that they're starting my, I guess this is my hope maybe more than actually I mean, yeah. what's happening, but I hope that players start to realize because of social media is so different than it was 10 years ago. Like everything you do is out there. And I think the same antics with players then are just as they are now, but it's much more advertised and much more availability for people to see it and for younger kids to see it. And so there's this extra weight on the back of the, tennis players now that you you have to be able to kind of mature earlier and not go through as many of those crazy antics and stuff
2: I'll be curious and the see if our boy here Curious actually hits a stage where he somewhat matures I think he's still in that if we look at Curious and we look at kind of everybody else he's in this early stage of coming on he's had some really rocky blah 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 I I'm going to put it out there. Then if he hangs around for another three to four years, you're going to see a subtle change. How in, old is Curious? Yeah, this would be curi- very interesting.
1: Like, is he the same age Because if you look at his country,
2: those- like Australia, super hard. 24. Yeah, so I predict around 27. How old If he continues to have success, 26? that you'll see some sort of... M- 27. 27. Ah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, like, from That's... guys like that, who... Tiafo is 22, I
1: think. Mm-hmm. 20. 23?
2: 24, I bet. T.I. No, you're right. How old a little is bit older your. 21? Than... 21. Yeah. 21. Okay, yeah. 22, yeah. So he's still having fun. Tiafo's just, like, living it up. <laughs> That's why he's out with Kyrios at the nest. <laughs> with the goose. Yeah. So, yeah, I think definitely a lot of it's just conditioned for being like uh, uh, if you hate Djokovic. Um, I'd be super curious if someone else comes up. Um, and I think here's the other thing that most of the players now, unless you're like a far crazy person like, Joko, uh, um, like Curios who just doesn't care Chapo's in the sense of like… weight is
0: listed at 165. Who? <laughs> Tiafo, my eye. Yeah. <laughs> It's my weight, <laughs> but I think he unless is you're a
1: skinny dude. Though.
0: Yeah, he is a, compared to me. No, well, I, he, like, I haven't I think seen he's bigger. In, I haven't I think he's seen him in like bigger. a year. This is 6'2". So two. It's two
2: inches taller than yeah, me, and no. my weight. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. but I think unless you're a player like um, uh, Curious, who just Serena's feeds, like one forty or
1: something though, no. yeah.
2: who feeds on like just being that guy who right now everybody hates. I think most of the players l- love that camaraderie, that feel of like. That Nadal and and Feder have laid out and a lot of players are falling in that route of like they want to be respected, they want to be known, but unless you're that person on the other side, you don't see a lot of other players doing a lot of crazy antics. Um, even like Murray. Murray had some crazy antics when he first started, like losing his temper. He had that moment where I think Andy. it was <laughs> at uh was it at Wimbledon where he pegged a ball girl and got um he yeah. got Yeah, and after that, he was like, okay. So everybody has their moments. Um, But I think, yeah, you just don't see that because the game's elevated to the level that I think Nadal and I just think it also
1: depends upon how many things happen in a short amount of time frame, too. Like, with Djokovic, there was a lot of different things. Like, all the things that we've said all happened within a very short amount of time where you have, like those things with Murray like are skewed throughout and not as much as confined. And so I don't think there's a lot. Of, well, you don't like Murray. I, I, I like Murray. I don't, I, I mean, think it's
0: totally different. Like you uh, think Person? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well,
1: I mean like, I'm he doesn't saying have a bad
0: boy. Like, uh, he might have a temper, but it right. doesn't mean that he's like, and he's like, like getting people instigate. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's totally different in my opinion. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, I don't know if we solved world peace today. We solved
0: it. Good job, guys. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that. I want to
1: know, though, from our viewers, like, do you like Novak or do you hate? Should be a poll. Novak
0: you
2: like, I thought you were going to say hate Or, <laughs> or do you really hate
1: Do you hate Serena? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you really hate No, that's a different, uh, that's a different poll. Um, uh, but I want to know, like, let us know in the comments whether you, you love.
2: So we're just, we're Megan, we're Megan, or, the, yeah, Megan you, you like Djokovic? I do. Uh, yeah. There's, it has right to be now? one or the other. No, no, no like, current. just overall, current. Uh, c- yeah, give him a thumbs up currently. Five yeah. years ago, I
0: would have said a thumbs down. Really? Yeah.
2: Okay. I give him a thumbs up. I've never really had anything against Djokovic. I like the, the kind of the big three. I totally respect them. Oh, I totally like yeah. them. There's a um, the difference
1: between liking and respecting.
2: I like and respect. I Let's put it that way. I respect
1: Serena. I do not like her.
2: I like Serena. Uh, I think I'm she's not done. Try yeah, to hold I, know, that I know. I know. You. I'm going to just we throw it out there. I like Serena. Um, I think she's she's done some things that probably she would not want to do. But I just res- I like and respect the <laughs> fact that she's been put in some really tough situations. And she's just a champ. I just love that she can like figure out in some really just gnarly situations how to come out. Sometimes she hasn't done it the best. This she just has it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but I'm just to, taking yeah. it on.
0: Yeah, no, it's easily another yeah, shank cast is, is the Serena why do people hate Serena Williams? Featuring Megan Garland. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss... Send it in. And by the way, it could just be a personal like question about your your game. We had like a, re- a overly long conversation yesterday All about right. a specific question from an online member of ours, and we realized we should probably do some more of that on the ShankCast. So if you have... Uh, a problem or hurdle you're trying to jump over you're stuck in your game let us know and uh if we feel like it's Shane has we'll we'll put on the show so thanks for listening we appreciate it we'll talk to you next time thank you